What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking with Steph Iliff. I am so excited for this podcast and to be bringing it to you every single week to be just talking about all the things that life has to offer us, right? I'm hoping that I can bring you some insights, some laughter, some amazing interviews with some awesome powerhouses who have let go of fear, who have totally stepped into themselves, who are living their best life so you can learn from them. I want to be talking to you every single week as well about different things that are going on in my life as a self-love coach, as a mom, as a woman, as someone who is dating and like the whole dating scene and how it's so important that we date with self-love so we don't ruin our own self-love, how to create, you know, amazing habits that truly stick with you for a lifetime so you become your best self, so you can become your inner powerhouse and how to just let go of fear and fully step into you. So every week I'm going to be bringing you different topics that align with that, different interviews with different amazing people. And we're just going to be talking about it and having the best time. So thank you so much for joining in to Just Talking with Steph Island. What is up, you guys? I am so excited for my guest today on Just Talking. Today, I have my beautiful friend here. He's an amazing, awesome guy. And we actually met from one of my clients. It's actually, this is, he is her brother. I was going to say sister, but like, obviously that's yeah. But, and he's just so awesome. I love, I love what he's doing and everything that he's about. And so this is Brigham and he is a mindset coach, a fitness coach. He also works at the summer games, which is like super rad, super into CrossFit, super into fitness, obviously. Um, and he's a culture coach and he really helps people to understand like what their mindset is, what it's framed around and help them get the key performance that they want in life, in culture, in their business, in, all, in every aspect possible. But he realizes it all starts with your mindset and it all comes down to what do you really think about? Who do you really want to be? And are you showing up for you? Or like, are you becoming who the world wants you to be? And so welcome so much. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what being a mindset coach is and then how you change your mindset to become a mindset coach. Because what I find is that anybody who is a coach who has had this epiphany or an awakening moment where they're like, holy shit, my entire life just changed and just shifted. How did I ever used to think this way? And here's how I now think. And then it's like, I have to share this with the world. So was that your experience or how did you get into this? Yeah, uh, my experience was I was a full-time high school teacher and I'd been a head football coach and was currently an assistant football coach um, at Cedar City High School. And I was also managing and running a CrossFit gym and CrossFit, you know, it's not for everyone, but it's, I love it. And what I loved about it too, is the, like the continual first. Sorry. You say? I said CrossFit's kind of like a cult, but like a really good cult. Like you want to be a part of it, but like yeah. once you're in it, you're like, should I only eat paleo now? Like, do I have to? <laughs> yeah. And it's, but it's like such a beautiful community of it too. Like I love, I love the CrossFit community and what it is. It's a great community and there's a lot of misconceptions kind of about it. So we can get into that if we, if we want to, or if it leads that way. But so as I was uh, managing and, and being a head coach at this CrossFit gym, I just loved everything was about growth and getting better every day. And it was never really about failure. It was just about learning from everything that you experienced every single day to be better the next day. 
So my teaching started to turn from coaching more weights classes to taking over what was called the learning strategies program. This program was basically a dropout prevention program. It was taking kids that were on the verge of going to alternative schools and trying to keep them in school and get them to graduate. It's very rewarding, but also very emotionally draining, very lots of stuff to do. These kids had no support at home usually, and they just didn't have skills. Um, I grew up playing sports and it was very common and easy for me to understand that you check these boxes and you run through the brick wall because someone told you to, and you trust that things will work out. These kids um, didn't get that. And that was um, a surprise to me. That was something I had to adjust to. I didn't understand why they couldn't fill out a tracker and get better grades and have better relationships with their teachers. And so I really started to dive into why they were doing the things they were doing and what was making them sabotage themselves from success. And I really, at that point, got into Justin Sua. Um, he is a performance coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. At the time, he was also um, for the Cleveland Browns and was actually working with the Boston Red Sox. And he has a podcast called the Increase Your Impact Podcast. Oh, okay. His Have mom. you ever heard of that? Yes. So I love that. So I just started listening to that every day and that really started opening my eyes to simple, valuable things that could be done with these kids to help them really change their life. Not just check boxes and get better grades, but really start to uh, provide more value to themselves and to other people. And so as I started getting more and more into that, I started realizing that I was very safe and very comfortable in my teaching job, um, the structure of it. I've always been involved in school, the bell, the being in the building, knowing that's where I was going every single day, the same paycheck every two weeks, very, very comfortable. I started to ask myself if I could help people or provide value to people outside of a classroom that had kids that had to listen to me. And if people would want to have my value or to have that, um, have me in their life to help them be better people. And I figured out or realized that goals and different things that I thought about doing outside of teaching, the only reason I wasn't doing them was because I was afraid of failure. And I wasn't doing them because I couldn't justify putting that before more time being spent on helping the kids in the classroom or on the football field. And I just put a lot of things off. Something as simple as I've been living in my house for three years and I'd never planted any flowers or trees um, in those three years, any landscaping in my yard, which I had specifically set up my house that I was going to do all that. Um, and that was something I grew up doing. And that was really important to me, um, planting flowers and doing things like that. And so when I realized after three years, I'd never even done that. Um, I just knew something needed to change. And so that was how I started getting into, okay, let's uh, find a different job. This job with the summer games allowed me to be more flexible. It allowed me to leave work and focus on other things. And that's where then I started trying to work on building my skills and business as a mindset performance coach. Did that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. I love it. Awesome. So what do you, let's talk about your mindset though. So you said something had to change for you because you had lived in your house for three years and you had even planted a tree. So what, what would that, what did that look like for you? Like what changed within you to get you to that point? Cause you said mm -hmm. also like you were so stable with it, like the bell, like all these different things and like the paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
so often so many people have this dream or they have this feeling within them. They're like, I want to try something else. I know I'm meant for more, but they, we, we are so stuck in the ways that the world says, oh, like do this nine to five or work this job or save this money or do things this way. And, and this is what, this is just what you're supposed to do. This is just how it's supposed to be no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's scary to take that jump because we feel like we might fail. And, but when we fail, it's actually the best thing that ever happens to us. Because yeah. Yeah. But so what got you from that step to this step? Like what helped you shift your mindset that you teach your clients with that mindset training? Yeah. So I started working with, uh, I started working with some people with some clients, just friends of mine and people that really I said, Hey, can I just work with you for free? Like just, just try this out. And this was why I was still teaching. And I started trying things on them that I had been trying. So one of them was one of the first things was what was my identity as a person and working on my identity as a person. And what I do with people is it's got to be without labels and um, like responsibility as much as possible. So, and, and the people that struggle with this the most are moms. So they'll, I'll say, what's your identity or who are you as a person? And they talk about how they're a, a, a mother, you know, and there is nothing wrong with that, right? I'm not trying to say that they shouldn't be proud of being a mother, but what makes you a great mother? That's what I'm trying to help them identify because worst case scenario, if your family gets sick and dies tomorrow, like, will you still believe that you are these great things that help you be a great mother so you can continue on in your life? And that's very extreme, right? Worst case scenarios. But that's what I started to realize as I was creating my own identity is it was very labeled around I'm a teacher and I'm a football coach at this high school, wherever I'm at, rather than no, I'm an example that can provide value and be a good person and help inspire other people to be better and be good people wherever I'm at. So why am I limiting it just to being a teacher or a football coach and not seeing it as no matter where I go and no matter what I do, I can provide this type of value because what if I get fired tomorrow? What if the school shuts down? which is, is kind of what's happening right now with the virus, right? Um, I have a better, yeah, I have a better identity of myself if I understand that this, my occupation, um, my titles are, are not what defines me and allows me to have an impact on the world. I determine that by the type of person I want to be. Your identity that shifted in that. And I think, I love what you're talking about. What you're saying is that, so often we have our identities wrapped up and our self-worth wrapped up into one role or one thing or like a title or, oh, I'm a teacher, I'm a dad, I'm a mom, I'm, for me, like it had been wrapped up in so many different things. So I, I think my audience and everybody that you're talking to right now can all relate to this. And when you're saying your identity was so wrapped up in that, how did you start to break down what your identity really was? Like what questions did you start to ask yourself to become who you are today? So questions that I started to ask myself, and again, sometimes I feel like they're simple or they're cookie cutter or they're kind of, I guess, maybe a scapegoat, um, but it really does just come back to basics. And it, even with people, I, I worked with a lady that um, helped her start her own business. She was a mother. Kids were getting out of the house and she wants to still be a good mom, but also wants to start doing things that she's put off for 40 years or not 40 years, but like 20 years. It's just asking yourselves the questions of what is my why? What are my core values? What do I want my life to look like? And I started, and that's what I started doing. Um, okay, what's my why? So 
at that time I centered my why my why was centered around my CrossFit training, my fitness training, like why am I doing it? And the drill is you basically keep asking yourself why several times. So why am I training? Well, I want to be my best to be the most physically fit. Okay. Why is that important to me? And you keep asking yourself that question and you get to the point of what your real motivation or your why is. I came to a point where the real why, the real motivation was I wanted to inspire and help other people and help them realize that they could find success and happiness and value in some of the hardest times of their life, whether that was because things were like bad things were happening to them or they were trying to reach new aspirations that were going to require a lot of growth. And what I also wanted to do was help them like know that they're loved and know that they're valued for doing those things. I believe in in God. I believe that there's a savior, Jesus Christ. And I've been blessed with other people helping me to see that love from my my savior, my Jesus Christ through the, the acts that other people have done to me. And I want to do that same thing for other people. And so as I figured that out, asked my why, what are my core values? I was able, that's how I was able to change my mindset on, okay, I don't have to do this teaching thing for forever. I can go out and do these other things. Luckily, I have also always loved what I've done. I didn't leave teaching because I didn't love it. I loved teaching. I loved coaching. And if I was you know, forced or had to go back, I would gladly go back in that. I loved it. It was a great experience. So I've also been blessed that way in that I was able to leave knowing that I'd be happy to go back and going out and failing. I have a, I have something to fall back on. Well, what is failure though? Yeah, exactly. So failure, I think ultimately, right? Failure, there's a lot of cliche type stuff, but failure would be choosing to give up. I mean, that would be real failure. Now, failure in taking what you can learn from that failure and being better for it and moving forward, that's not true failure, right? That's growth. That's going to help you move forward. And that's something that I'm pretty passionate about when I work with my clients is that they need to detach themselves emotionally from the failures, right? Learn how to look at it analytically, learn that it doesn't make them a good or a bad person and that it's merely feedback for them to move forward. And that's that was part of, talked about earlier, part of why I love CrossFit so much is that we do that every day in the gym when we go in there. And, we, and with lifting in general, right? With lifting well, and exercising like, in general, right? Lift this and then and they go and do like, oh, I really can't, I guess I can. So it's like, you're breaking down so many limiting beliefs for people through, yeah. through, through the gym, through fitness. But also when you're asking people what their real identity is, I think, and I, I want to kind of get back to that is when we have something so wrapped up in our self-worth and our identity, it's so hard for us to like kill off that identity to become who we really want to be. And so often that identity is who we feel like we have to be to be accepted or to be loved or to feel like we're worthy. And I think a finding worthiness in, in your savior, in your, in your higher power, whatever that is, is, is important. But then also finding your own worth and like saying, no, I'm enough no matter what. And it's breaking these identities of what the world wants you to be. Or maybe it's even like the belief system that you've grown up with. Like, Oh, well, this is, this is how men are supposed to be. Like you play football, you play sports, you work yeah. and like, so what I want to know, I love what you do with your clients, but I want to know with you, like, how did you break yourself to become who you are now? Like, I want the nitty gritty. Like, I want you to cry. <laughs> I, want, I want to know, like, what helped you? Yeah. Because that's, that's why you do what you do, right? Is that you had to have your own, your own breaking, your own awakening and your own becoming. Yeah. That's the only way someone is ever a coach. That's the only way. So tell me that story. Right. I don't, I don't know that it would be this one 
thing that that happened and then it was okay this you know this overnight experience oh totally i wish um, it was, I everybody could yeah in a night that'd be life but then i also probably want to have a job because i'm a coach too so yeah but. right but uh i guess growing up i was always like the team player um in high school i got the coach's award in college i i've just always played a role that was the best for the team and it was never a really a role that where i was highlighted and i was very happy with that um i take a lot of pride in that identity attached to that of doing what needs to be done and doing it behind the scenes and and helping other people to have success and so i also in that time like i lived a life i lived a life for several years that basically i hid from people that i loved so you know, something as simple as like when we're kids, right? Like 12 years old, you know, we hide things from our parents that we do that we know we'll get in trouble for. Well, I did that, you know, and then it went from that to really living a completely separate life on the weekends with my friends, with my buddies um, and getting into trouble and my parents never finding out about it until I was 18 and I got a DUI. So I got a DUI when I was 18, the summer right after graduating and also got a possession of marijuana. And so that whole experience happened and man, it, that broke my mom's heart. My dad, that, that was, that was crazy. And then very quickly, they helped move me down to Southern Utah from Salt Lake city to play college football. And I didn't change, but they thought I was doing better. And actually what happened was I got kicked off the team at Southern Utah because I got caught stealing um, from the bookstore. So the bookstore at the university, I got caught stealing and the football team then decided to kick me off the team. Were you I, books? Were you stealing money? Was it for to drink, for drugs? Like what were you stealing for? So I started stealing um, just as I, I wanted some SU gear to wear and I wasn't going to pay for it. And I thought I was exempt from paying for it because I was a poor college student athlete um, and I didn't have a scholarship. And then my friends started asking me to take this or take that for them. And basically what it turned to, into at the end of the first semester was I was selling out of my dorm room. My bed and my roommate's beds were covered in clothing and different memorabilia to buy for Christmas presents for their family when they went home. So it turned into that. And then what I started doing the next semester was I actually start selling weed. So I don't know if in the moment, like I was thinking of all these things, but, um, but that was the progression of it. So I started selling weed and, um, and then that was also the semester where I got caught stealing from the bookstore and then got kicked off the team. And I went through that all by myself. My parents didn't know about it. I didn't give them any clue that, you know, I had been kicked off the team. I was acting like I was still on it. So I went through that whole experience and just things continue to go further, further and further south. I met my wife on a blind date. My sister, Allison, who you know, set us up and we were dating. I was still smoking, doing drugs at that time. And we got more and more serious. And then I decided to, you know, hey, this is more serious. I need to make some changes. This is not the life that I envisioned living when I was like meeting a girl and going to get married. And so as we had more of those conversations, I started to try and make changes to get rid of those habits. Then from there, that was where things started to get better in my life. I earned a scholarship with SVU and then decided that that was when I wanted to actually be a fireman. I wanted to be a fireman. I wanted to help other people that way, but they didn't have that degree at college. So I went to be a 
coach or teacher. And then I did my student teaching and that the student teaching part was where I knew that I needed to be a coach and a teacher. I like a mentor in some way, somehow. And I just thought that teaching high school was the way I was going to do that. So that was having that experience. Um, I would say that was when I knew I wanted to be a coach. And then just continuing to be in the teaching field in high school, I realized how much I loved working with people and how much I disliked the red tape around it. So there were things that I wanted to do to help kids that I couldn't do because it took too much red tape to get approval um, by their parents and they couldn't get anything signed ever by their parents because their parents were not available. And I just wanted to help more people and I wanted to spend more time with people and less time doing paperwork and all these other red hoop things. That was when I decided to, you know, hey, I'm going to go off on my own and I'm going to try this. I'm going to try and coach on my own and figure out if I can provide value to people and help them. And do they want to work with me? Not because they're forced to be in my classroom. So that was that point. Uh, that was about four years ago. And it's just grown from there. You really had to learn how to let go of this identity and like maybe even some shame and guilt that was wrapped up in Oh, I had this secret life, like no one in my family knows about it. And it sounds like your wife really helped you to become like, to help you see something in yourself to help you step out of that. But I think in those moments where that is where our growth is, but it's like, we have to go through, we have to go through some of those moments for us to be, learn how to be our best selves. Right. And that helps you have a heart for those. Yep. It sounds to me from what I'm hearing from you is like, that's why you have a heart for some of these kids who or, or maybe stealing or doing drugs, doing whatever is like, cause like, I get it. I've been there. And it, and it doesn't mean that you have to like come from some bad family or anything like that. It's just that we make right. choices because honestly we're self-sabotaging ourselves in different forms until we start to become self-aware to be like, wait, who is the person I want to be? Which goes back to like the beginning of our conversation. You're asking yourself these root questions of like, well, what's my identity wrapped up in? Why, 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 who do I really want to be? What's the impact I really want to make? But through that, like, what was your process of healing from the hiding who you were and now becoming who you are? What would what, that look like for you? I still struggle with that, definitely. And I realize that, I guess, even the older I get, the more changes happen, that I am very attached or, I don't know if you call it addicted. I want to be known as a good person. And when I'm, there's something that is not allowing that or I'm afraid is going to take away from that, I get very stressed out about it. Um, it could be something as simple as I said something stupid, trying to be funny, didn't mean to uh, offend anyone. And it could be something to where just I don't have control of the situation or the story being told and someone else is creating something that, that really isn't true. So I'm still, that's, I think that's something that I'll always struggle with the rest of my life because as I made those changes, Grow, I grew up in a culture, you know, the LDS culture, going on a mission, that's what you need to do, all these different things to be, you know, kind of be a good kid, be a good person. And I just, I didn't do those things. Or I did them, but if behind closed doors, I didn't do them. And so I think there's always this, uh, and then uh, combine that with my role in sports teams, where I was, you know, always trying to find that role on the team that would be valuable, just valuable enough for me to be on the team and make the team and play. Um, but, you know, again, was never, my name was never in the paper or anything like that. I think those two things combined to where I, I'm a people pleaser and I just want to provide value to other people. I want to hear people tell me that, um, that what I'm providing is valuable to them. Extremely a motivator for me, but also something I have to be aware of, you know, it can be a bad thing. 
And I think that that's something that I really enjoy, like listening to podcasts like yours and, uh, and just even myself is there's always context to everything on good and bad. And I was listening to your podcast that you did with the booty bands girl. I forgot her name. What was her name? Anita. Yeah. So I really love that because you guys were very open and real about some of the things that you struggled with growing up. I as I was listening, it's like, you know, I've never, and I've known this, I've worked with a lot of, of women. That's actually been more the people I've worked with. And some of them have had these background of, of eating issues and nutrition issues and, you know, and they struggle with their, their self image and man, you know, in terms of physically, they struggle with their self image. Like I've never really struggled with that. Like I'm so lucky that I, that I've never really struggled with that. But I started to realize as I was hearing you guys talk is, I have struggled with just hiding another whole identity of myself. For me, I do not regret. I regret what I've done in some instances, right? But I don't regret what I've learned from it. I think that's something that's really helped me to overcome that is you're just like you said, if I didn't go through all of these things, then I wouldn't be able to have these experiences that would help me to relate to other people. And again, something as simple as I have worked with some ladies who had, you know, self-image with body and things like that and and I again I don't know exactly what that's like but I know the things that I've had from other things that I've hidden from people or been embarrassed of and things like that and so I can try to relate and understand and then the biggest thing is just being a non-biased and I'm sure you you know this from people you work with is you just need to be a sounding board for people to express how they're feeling and have non-judgment feedback well, I think it's just giving people permission to say what it is they're actually feeling. And so often we are so wrapped up in what is good or what is bad. Am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Am I worthy? Am I unworthy? Am I lovable or unlovable? And we hold on to these little mistakes that we've made in our life and deem them that, oh, this means that I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. And then we're trying to earn our love or our worthiness by trying to make up for the mistake, almost kind of like, in the Catholic culture, like how it's like, okay, you have to go do whatever 50 of these to make up for your one sin. But it's like, can we ever really yeah. make up for it? Like, can it, it instead it's saying, okay, that was one season, that was one moment of my life that doesn't define me. And I think it's us understanding. And to me, this is like, this is kind of my own mindset framing is that what am I allowing to define me and say that that is who I am? Like, this one mistake, this one moment of my life doesn't, doesn't mean that is all that I am. And I think so many people get so wrapped up in one moment of their life or one mistake. And it could even be the opposite. Cause then you still see people who like, who they were the prom king 20 years ago and they're still living off that one glory moment. It's like, cool dude, but what have you yeah. done in the last 20 years? Like, and so we get so wrapped up into one moment of our life that our whole identity is wrapped up in it, that it stops us from ever becoming anything more or ever seeing anything more for ourselves. Like, and, and for me, that, and I think that's why I help so many people with it, especially women is like, we're so wrapped up in, I'm a mom. I have to be a good mom. That's all that I have to do. Well, what is good? What, is, what does that even look like? What is a good mom? Yeah. Are your kids fed? Are your kids loved? That's essentially what a good mom is. So what, what are you labeling as good or bad? And helping people identify that. And I love, I just love that your rawness of that. And I, and I don't think that men always have to have like some other body image issue, but it's like, what is it? We, every single one of us is hiding something from the world because we're so afraid if they actually see all of us, we won't be loved. We won't be enough, right? And that, that's like yeah. what I'm hearing from you is you're like, okay, well, I, I had, I feel like I had to hide this and then it's, oh wait, I'm enough no matter what. So what helped you 
accept all of you? I really worked hard at looking what looking at what I thought defined me and then redefining it, right? So this was a big project that I started working on for myself to help me when I went out and I went out and spoke to um, some inmates in a prison in Waco, Texas. And we did a CrossFit competition with them out there. And then I was like the motivational speaker. And what was... That is so cool that you did that. (laughs) That's amazing. It was awesome. It was probably one of the best five days in my life. The people, the people in the prison were, if we interacted the way that they were able to interact with us that day, um, in the outside world, if we interacted with people like that, the world would be so much better. And you, you, you can say that there's this, uh, hey, they're putting on a front or they're just trying to be on good behavior, but there's no cell phones allowed. They don't have anything like that to distract them. I was literally engaged with these people all day long, talking to them, them helping me, me helping them with no distractions. It was one of the best experiences of my life because honestly, probably because there was no cell phone in my pocket. So, so just like so learning about really connecting with people, like, yeah, and seeing each the other connection was huge. And so the ability to help them understand that, Hey, what you've done in the past doesn't have to define you. It can redefine you. Like what, it can help you redefine who you want to be and how you want to move forward and how you want to show up for the people in your life. Yeah. Um, you can learn from that. And so that's what I love. And that's how I got over like, okay, these things defining me. And that was a part of me making that transition from, you know, teaching in the high school setting to being a mentor and being uh, a coach outside of that was you've had this identity of, you can only help people in this way and that you've always been like a team player and done what's best for the team. Let's see how you can take that and then learn to redefine yourself on your own, you know, and start your own business and be like the guy, right? Like I'm the guy because it's my own business. Just that's the nature of it. Right. I have nobody else to rely on, you know? Um, and, and in sports, I always had that. And so as a, from a team standpoint, and so it's all about daily routines in terms of, of like the wide row that we talked about earlier, um, the gratitude. So I started doing the uh, five minute gratitude journal every single day. The first year I did it, I think I missed maybe two or three days. And, uh, that was life changing, just writing three things down of gratitude every single day, um, a positive affirmation. Uh, three things you wanted to be or do or show up and experience that day. And then at the end of the day, uh, three things you thought you did well and one thing you think you could do better. And I know from listening to your podcast, you're all about the affirmations. That was huge. Um, As I started making the changes and shifting outside of the high school realm into my own coaching, I had all these doubts and all these fears and these thoughts that were going to creep up and come up. And I knew what they were. And so starting out the day, I was able to have those positive affirmations or those intentions of, of, Hey, this is what you need to be in this situation. And this is the word you need to focus on, whatever it might be. And uh, that's going to help you get through this uncomfortable situation, you know, is coming up today. So that was huge. The, the affirmations, I, uh, I really value doing those. And gratitude. And I love that that's part of your daily practice. I think that is so huge. And I think it's really important for anybody else who's thinking about wanting to be a coach or wanting to start a business or shifting their identity. And you've talked about this is that like we ask ourselves, like, are we enough? Can I bring someone value? Like, is someone going to want to hear me? Like, is my story impactful? Can I really impact someone's life? And the answer to every single person is yes. 
your life experience yep. will help someone else through their experience regardless. It's just you giving yourself that permission to say, yeah, I'm enough. And, and realizing that there's still days, and I'm, I'm sure you can it, it say the yes to this too, is that there's still days that you're going to wake up and be like, I don't know if I'm enough. I don't know if I have enough value to bring to someone. I don't know if I can really be a coach. Like, I don't know if I really should have my own business. And we doubt ourselves. And that's why your daily routines are so key because I think people think sometimes that's like one day you just wake up and all those thoughts are just, they just disappear and they're just gone. It's just that you understand like what to do and what tools to apply to fix those thoughts, to be who you really want to be and to be your best self and to fight that demon almost that says you're not worthy, you're not lovable, you're not enough. Like, do you remember these little things? And it's through affirmations, through gratitude, through through moving your body and through and through being who you want to be around and growing your mind constantly to give to say, wait, no, I, I I'm so enough. Like I have enough value. I can teach these people. That is how you get out of that fear state and be able to say, I can go try this. I can go do this. And I think failure is living in that that doubt state for your whole life and never seeing what you're actually capable of and getting out of that fear state is when you finally take your power back and you become who you are. And it can be just one little move every single day. How I look at mindset is, you know, you have 86, what is it? 86,000 thoughts in the day. What I look at it is if you're thinking positively at a 20% level of all those thoughts, how can we raise that to 25%? How can we raise that to 30? And like, that's what it's about, right? We're never going to be perfect. We're never going to, completely get rid of all the doubts, all the fears. What we can do is increase the percentage of positivity, you know, positive thinking, all those things like that. And then we can also increase the percentage of how you talk back to the negative thoughts, how you think about the negative thoughts as you move forward, letting them deter you or not. And it's just all about increasing the percentage to help you then perform at a higher level. And I mean, your mind is your mind is, is like a garden and you are going to grow in the garden what you think about and what you think about more often is then going to be what you put out into the world. So, you know, um, I get tons of compliments on the tulips that I planted that are going to be coming up here in the next month or two, but we'll put in the work in the fall to like plant those. Right. But there's still going to be weeds that grow up, that grow and come in and, and all these negative thoughts, right. The weeds of the negative thoughts. And so how often are we going out and recognizing and seeing where these weeds are growing and then doing something about it to make it so they come up less, less often um, and also focus more on the positive things that are happening. I love that. And I love that analogy. And I love that you tied it back into you planting your tulips because that is just so rad. And I think that's so true is that you, our, our mind is, it's your best asset and it is your garden. And it's, it's truly your garden. And you get to choose what you plant there, what you let live there, what you take out. And knowing too, that sometimes what you've planted at one time and you're like, Oh my gosh, I love zucchini. I'm going to plant all the zucchini. Like this is what I'm going to live off the rest of my life can change. And it's okay to take out some of those things of the garden and change your thought process. And everything that we know is just what we've learned. So if you want to know something different, you just have to learn something different. And it's like, oh, wait, I can replant this. I can change my garden. And gardens can change and our minds can continuously bloom. What has been something for you that you thought was so true for you that you've changed, that you're in your own belief system? Yeah, my, in my own belief system, um, I think the biggest thing that has changed is that I really, I try not to be an extremist on any one way or the other, right? I talked earlier about how 
you want to create an identity for yourself that's not attached to the responsibilities and titles of your job, right? So at the same time, there's different titles and responsibilities and identities that are very valuable, right? Like when I was involved in the CrossFit gym, that was a very big identity for me that helped me to be successful. Bottom line, it did. You know, my wife's identity as a hairdresser, that, that helps her be very successful and positive and confident about what she does. So there's just, there's good, there's pros and cons to all of it. And the biggest thing that in my belief system that I've overcome is that I can, I can believe in myself and I can create an identity on my own. And I do not need an organization to help me be successful. You know, like I determine I'm in charge of me. I'm creating my own world. And, and once I think people figure that out, it's very, very powerful, right? When, you know, you look at, all of the negative stuff on social media, you look at like, you know, people saying, you know, even right now that, Oh, how's the government going to bail us out or what's the government going to do to help us. And uh, those are an easy example, I guess, to pick out. But when you put on somebody else and give them the power to make the changes that you need in your life, then you are helpless. And so that's where, I think once people buy into the fact that you are in charge of creating your world from how you think to the people that you involve in your world to how you approach and go about your day and show up at work, at school, at play, whatever it is, when you understand that you have the power to determine that, then it's very liberating. It's very liberating to understand that it's on me. It doesn't have to be this big weight that weighs you down and like, is depressing because now the re responsibility or, or power is all on you. It can be something that's very liberating to give yourself power to go out and make the changes that you want to make rather than keep being victimized and putting it out on other people. I love that. And I love that. And I can, I can, so I feel that from you, like you're powerful, like, you know, your own power and you can feel that. And I want to tie that into something you said earlier, where you said like, you were always on like these teams and stuff where you were enough to be part of the team, but not like where the responsibility was like weighted on you to like make the team win kind of a thing. So you could be on it. Yeah. It didn't have to be like totally on you. And it kind of sounds like you realize like you are the team and you put all the power in you and you're like, wait, I can have all this responsibility and it can be for myself and it can be for me to help others. And it can be for me to take my power back and then I can show up fully for all these other people. And I think that's what's powerful too, is because sometimes we're just going through life like with enough to be seen, but not to be like expected to show up a certain way. Cause we're like, Oh, that's too much responsibility. Yep. I'll like do enough, yep. but not enough. And then when we fully take yeah. our power, we're like, Oh, Hey, okay, cool. Like I can do this and I can do it for me and I can do it for others. And I think that's the part of gratitude is that when you find your power within, you want to help every single other person find their power too. Cause you're like, do you know what you could do? Like, do you see like how, yeah. you are, how powerful yeah. you are? And, then, and that's like, that yeah. makes you want to give to everybody. And like, I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes, that makes tons of sense, right? I mean, it's just like, it's, you want to share the best piece of chocolate cake that you've ever had with everybody else. Like I grew up on homemade Oreo shakes and homemade, you know, strawberry jam and homemade applesauce and things like that. And so whenever I have the opportunity to share those things with other people, and like help them understand that it's way better than the store. Um, I get super excited and stoked about that. And 
um, it's no different once you figure out things that make you happy in your life. Because you said earlier, we can't just all of a sudden like think that things are going to change or that, you know, just because you want something that X is going to happen, just because you want to be better at being more mindful, or you want to be more positive, it's going to happen. You have to be very specific to how you're going to do that because you can't just do gratitude journal once and all of a sudden become more, have more gratitude. And we're being very, very real, right? Like I've been doing this whole gratitude. I've realized more and more how long I've been coaching and like trying to help other people. And that's been 10 plus years in regards to just the way I've chosen to live my life. But I've been doing this gratitude journal for now three plus years. Well, if we're being real, I just went through like, you could call it a breakdown the last two weeks where I didn't feel like I'm doing anything that's helping me reach my goals. And I feel like I am not showing up and being the person that I want to be. And I'm not putting my money where my mouth is and putting my actions, all these goal drills that I've done that I've been saying I want to do. And so, you know, I had a, a big, huge breakdown uh, the last couple of weeks where you know, having conversations with my wife, having conversations with other people, people that I know are like my go-to people and rely on about like, what the hell am I doing? And is this really working? And is this worth it? And I know it's worth it, but like, I just can't seem to take that next step. And so, yeah, just because, you know, you, you now you've started doing gratitude and doing all this mindset stuff, you know, as a coach or as just as a person trying to be better, it doesn't exempt you from questioning every single thing that you're doing. You're going to have those days, no doubt. And that's, well, that's okay. So, okay. That is okay. And I love that you're saying that. And I love that you're being so real about that. Thank you for sharing that and letting me see that in you. And it's vulnerable. I think that's the realest, like this is the, this is the realest shit is like, I, so many people think that just if you're more enlightened or you're like, you're doing all these, all these daily habits that things just don't happen to you, but you're like, dude, I still doubt myself. I still, I'm like, is this right? Like, is what I'm doing, is this even working? Just like what you're saying. And it's like, we have these pivotal moments, but and it's like, where you're like, I don't even know if I want to do these gratitudes, if I want to go work out, if I want to go do, do all this stuff, like, is it, is it even really worth it? Or like, should I just go the yeah. easy path? Those moments is when you really find out how strong you are and how capable you are and how powerful you are. Cause you're like, wait, there is a reason I'm doing this. Like I just got to get resurfaced and get back to like reconnected with my why and like, what is it? And it's so hard too, because sometimes you could be doing a million things and it still just isn't working. And, but it's Tony Robbins always says, we're just two milliliters millimeters not milliliters away from like seeing the next gap but it's just changing our perspective and it's literally just like two milliliters is literally like yeah. is the is ant and but sometimes we're just so, it's so hard that we're like shit yeah. can i see this is it is it even in my grasp i think that we all struggle with that we all go through that. and so people are going through that right now today with everything that's going on with the coronavirus and like it's all of that right and so it's it's being real in those moments and it's being like okay well what do I have right now? And sometimes it's just focusing on just today, just in this moment and just making it and be like, okay, cool. Like I did that. I did this today. And it's, and that is the real shit is that sometimes that's where we're mm -hmm. at. And then there's times where we're like, so motivated and like, oh my God, big picture. Like here's the next year and like life's glorious yeah. all going to work out. And I think that's just like the mindset framing of it constantly is I have to, you know, we have to control our, our minds as much as we possibly can because that is what we have control over. And when we master our minds, we master our life, but it's, it's not, it's, it's a constant mastery. It's never, you're never there. Like you're, you're always doing it, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And part of the whole breakdown for me recently was 
trying new things, getting out of the routine because I'm either I'm like expanding what I'm trying to do in certain areas of my life or I'm trying to remove or take away. And so you start changing the routine up a little bit and then it's like the structure isn't there. And okay, what do I need to do to get back to the basics of what has helped me be successful? That happens all the time. And again, like you may think that and people think all the time, like, well, that's too simple. It's like, well, yeah, but again, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Do you really love doing what you're doing? What are your core values as a person? Who is the type of person that you want to be and show up to be for the people that you love? What is the end goal of what you want your picture to look like at the end of life? And then that helps you make better decisions daily of, of what you're doing. And yeah, I just think that that well, like you're saying, like, always come that sometimes we try to overcomplicate things when it is just like just going back to those same basic questions and all that we're doing. And even like even people in businesses and you help you help companies and their culture and culture and their businesses. And so often they're trying to reinvent the wheel so much that they have no no direction of where they're really going when they could just go back to the basics. And that's like with us in our lives is just sometimes it's the basic things like, okay, what's your routine? What's this look like? And it's going back to that helps us out so much. That's I help so many clients with just giving them a basic structure and if they could just stick to that like and that's the hardest thing for them to, to be able to do that but once you get that fundamentals that is your foundation of life and you got to figure out what your basics are for you I think too with that. yeah because I think we've talked about this leading up to the podcast just exchanging messages and whatnot is happily achieving is way better than achieving happiness, right? And I think that that's what really winning is. That's what real success is. What I mean by that is when you're asking yourself if something's working or if it's worth it, you know, like to get to where you want to get in terms of your bigger goals or the bigger picture. When you're questioning that, if you're able to go back to the daily process of what you decided was what needed to happen to reach that big goal, and you enjoy doing that, then that is like what I think winning is. And that's what happiness is. is am I where I want to be with my goals in terms of my big goal is I want to be the performance mindset coach for Philadelphia Eagles. And I used to not be able to look anyone in the eye when I said that, but now I can. And I've said it in rooms totally full of people. Power played into that. You like totally like gave me full eye contact. You're like what I want to do. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like I felt that. that that's what's up. <laughs> yeah. That is what I really want to do. That's the goal. I don't know what it takes to get there sometimes. Uh, sometimes I do and I don't always follow through. But what I do know is regardless of whether I obtain that goal, I am every day trying to set up my life doing the things that I want to do with my time every single day. And so if the corona comes and gets me and I die tomorrow for whatever reason, I could honestly say that... I am, I am doing exactly what I want to be doing to try and reach that end goal. Do I know if like, a, am I doing 90% of the things that are correct or that are really going to help me get there? I don't know. I don't know what the percentage is of like what's really moving the needle and what's not, but I am continually going through a process of where I think that the things that I'm doing on a daily basis are helping me live the life I want to live. And that's not just to not just to reach that end goal of being that performance coach for Philadelphia Eagles, but it's also, I love my job with the summer games and I love putting on sporting events for people. And I love what we're building and how we're bringing more value into the city year round rather than just in June and, 
and I love the life that my wife and I are trying to create together and it's not perfect. And we had, you know, two or three, you know, blow ups or conversations or like, you know, game changer type moments, you know, in the last six months, but it's only helping us move forward. That's been a huge thing in my marriage. And if I could advise anybody else, I've been married now for almost 11 years. I'm only 32. So I got married young. The ability to be vulnerable and have open conversations more often and not emotionally be attached to um, why someone is feeling a certain way and like take that personally is creating a way better relationship than it was before where we didn't really talk a lot about anything and then it would just blow up because expectations were unmet and we didn't know why someone was doing something because the feelings were, we were scared to share those feelings. I think that's so powerful. Risk that's of, the, have, you, have you ever read The Four Agreements? I haven't, but she has. She loves it. And that's like so one of the- She's educated me. Personal. And I think that's one of the hardest things for me still is in those emotional conversations and being vulnerable is to not take it as like you're doing something or not doing something and to, de, to be detached from that. So I love that you're saying that and how, that, how true that is, is that you guys really get to connect and be vulnerable and those are the most powerful, impactful parts of your relationship. And that's in any part. And I think that's, I just love that. And I can like really feel like the love for your wife and how you speak of her and how you talk about her. And like, that's powerful. And to be, get married so young and stay together. Like I totally applaud you guys and honor you for that. Cause that does not happen. Um, I got married the same age as you guys did and I'm 32 and I got divorced and it was like, we grew up, but yeah. we grew apart. We grew so far apart rather than connecting and having those real conversations. And I think that is the key is having those conversations. Yeah. So, and, and that being said, like we've had those moments, I think it was about three years ago. Uh, we probably had, and it was right when I got my new job, it had like the hardest summer ever. A lot of that was attached around the fact that she told me she was not happy because like I wasn't fun to be around. I think that there's always stuff that's going on that where it's, you know, it's, it's on both people, but I can only control what I can control. And so I started writing down every single day that I wanted to be, I wanted to laugh with her and I wanted to have more meaningful conversations. People can say like, well, you shouldn't have to write that down. Right. Like, why though? Why not? Because it, I feel like if you write it, you invite it, you become intentional about it and you make that shit. Right. I agree a hundred percent. And you know, and, and so I just, that was something I needed to work on. I was so worried about checking the boxes and growing professionally and growing in myself that I was forgetting that like, Hey, this should be fun too. And when I have time with my wife, like I should make myself available to have fun and it doesn't need to be just about checking boxes. And, and it can become that when you're a go-getter and you're that type A personality that like you're going to bed, you're going to bed at, at 11 o'clock at night and you're, you know, you're waking up at 5 a.m. to get up and work out and then go do all the things that you want to accomplish. And you also know that six hours of sleep is not the best thing for you. If you have goals fitness wise and, you know, sleeping less hour, sleeping less than seven hours um, a night is right. It's proven to increase your stress and, you know, lower your testosterone level and all those different things. So, you know, it can be very easy to be worried about checking the boxes and not enjoy spending the night with each other when you're worried about getting up the next morning and crushing life. So, but it was very, the point being is that it was, you know, her sharing that information with me, I now have a decision. Do I want to be offended by it? Do I want to like clam up and be personally attacked and just, Oh, I can't do that. I can't be that. I can't change. 
Um, or do I want to write that down every day, set up these reminders, set up these things that are going to help me to be that type of person. And um, that that's a drill. That's an underrated drill that I don't think you hear a lot of people talk about. And I don't know if it's like an actual drill, right? But it's just called like writing down your 10 dreams. And the 10 dreams is just a number. Like it's not something you need to like get over fixed on, right? It's not about being perfect and writing 10 things every day. But you're just writing down dreams that you have every day. And then if you're doing that first thing in the morning, think about like, what do we do? What's the first thing step that most people do when they wake up in the morning? They look at their phone, right? And when we look at our phone, what do we start doing? Do we start acting or do we start reacting? Reacting. Yeah, we start reacting to everybody wanting our attention, social media wanting our attention. All these texts, all these, all these messages, all these DMs, whatever it is, rather than being like, that can all wait. Yep. I got to get me right. Right. Exactly. So think about the long-term impact. And I know you know this, but we're thinking about the long-term impact that I don't check my phone first. Instead, I write down whatever things are most important to me, my dreams that I have for my life. And then now I start making bigger, better decisions on a daily basis. And, and this drill was very impactful for me because again, as that checklist person, let's get through the day, cross all the boxes. I didn't think about big things and like, where am I going big picture wise? And so I started writing down these 10 dreams that were big picture stuff for me, where it helped me then connect the daily process to the big picture. Now, other people are different, right? There are some people that are big dreamers. So maybe for them, they might write down on their dreams every day of like the things that attach to the big dreams that are going to help them get there. Right. Um, so that's the biggest thing whenever I've like done that drill with people is like, it needs, you just need to understand that the drill is for you to use it to your advantage. If you're a big dreamer and you struggle with connecting the dots, then write down things every day. that are going to help you connect the dots. If you are good at being the, you know, it's black and white. I'm going to go check these boxes today, but you struggle with where is that taking you big picture wise, then start connecting that. And, uh, but that was just really valuable long-term for me where that habit every day, I started believing and seeing and talking about doing bigger things that I wanted to do that would improve my life. And it was something as simple as uh, play with my dogs every day because when we get stressed out, when I get stressed out, I maybe don't spend as much time with my dogs and play with them. And for me, that's a dream of mine that I want to create because when I have kids, I hope to be like a good dad that can be present and can be there for his kids. Well, if I'm not going to do that with my dogs and build those habits right now, then who's to say I'm going to do that when I have kids. Mm, I love that. So, yeah. So that was something I wrote down, but then I also, I mentioned about the not planting flowers. I mean, I wrote down on the dream thing. I wrote down like plant a bush in my front yard for like three months before I actually did it. But writing that down every single day, I got it done in three months. I bet you if I had not written that down every day, it would have taken a lot longer. I just, you know, I got tired of writing it down. It's so true though. And I think that is such, such amazing advice and such a valuable tip for everybody. You've given us so many valuable tips and so many great questions for us to ask ourselves. And hey, what is the why? Who do you want to be? What are your core values for yourself? What is it that, who do you want to be and how are you showing up that way? And writing down 10 things and really getting off your phone and deciding who you want to be first thing in the morning, writing that, inviting that and affirming that and utilizing all these tools for mindset that has really helped you shape you into you and that you help clients with and you know you you've helped me with that idea too i love that of the 10 dreams i'm going to totally do that tomorrow morning and i think that's going to be super rad so thank you for that 
And I just think yeah. it's so impactful and so powerful. And like, I can feel your passion. I can sense it in you. And you are 100% going to be the mindset of Eagles. Cause like, I know you're writing that shit down Thanks. every day. You're going to do it. Like 100%. I believe Thanks. And I feel that. And like, I love that what you're saying is like, if, if I die tomorrow, whatever it may be, did today, did I do everything towards my goal? And, and if we're always working yeah. towards that, then you can always be happy and satisfied with yourself. Because at the end of the day, when you're lying down, can you be proud of you? And, if, and I think to do that is by saying that I do everything towards my goal, the best that I could do today. And that's what I've heard from you say is like, that's how you live your life. And it's powerful. And that is what life is about. Like, this is the only life we get. So like, live it up, max it out, like be your best. And I love that you're doing that. So how can my listeners get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Do you do virtual clients? Do they have to be in St. George? Or like if they want to do CrossFit with you, if they want you to come talk at their prison, yeah. maybe someone from the Eagles, yeah. like how can they reach out? To yeah. So uh, right now, because I just deleted Instagram off my phone, like literally four days ago, and again, that was a process of like evaluating, okay, how can I get better? And, and at the moment of time, Instagram was just eating up too much of my time and being a distraction. So um, I still have an account. I'm just not, I don't have it on my phone. And uh, I only checked it now. I've only checked it twice since I took it off. So the best way to get a hold of me would be on Facebook Messenger, um, just sending me a message on there um Brigham Nielsen and then if not I mean if you don't have that you could just contact me on Instagram at Brigham Nielsen and Nielsen's N-I-E-L-S-E-N and I'm you know with the awesome way the world is today like I'm able to help anyone I've done uh, video calls with summer sales groups online I've gone traveled up to Salt Lake three hours to meet with those groups as well um I've you know flown out to Texas so um, I've done a, I can do it a lot of different ways, and and that's the same way with fitness. Uh, all the fitness clients that I have, even if they're in Cedar City or or remotely close to me, I still have them on an online app where I program all their workouts for them, and then send them you know feedback and notifications, and they send me videos and all that. So yeah, you don't have to be close by to work with me. I'd love to work with anyone. I'd love to travel to work with any company or team, and uh, and do things with them. I travel up to Salt Lake once or twice a month to do that anyways. So especially if you're in that area, I can kill two birds with one stone and come over and help you guys out. Love it. We'll have to, we'll have to collab and do like an event together and just like mindset. Everybody. Yeah, I would love to, I would love because oh, yeah. yeah. Cause I could learn, I could learn so much from you and yeah, there's just so much to learn from interacting with, with other people that have the same or similar mindset that are trying to just better themselves. And it's always inspiring and invigorating and, you know, just, feeds that fire that you have to help other people. So I love, I love doing stuff like that. Well, I'm just like, just being on this, like, I don't know about you, but every time I do these and like just talking with you, it gets me new ideas. I get rethinking. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. Like, and it just motivates you. And you're just around like the same mindset. And it's like this energy exchange where it's like, it fuels me. And it like, I hope it fuels yeah. you too, but I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, it brings so much life. And it's like, it's, that's why it's so true to be around the people who are helping you think beyond what you think today or, or are just helping you to like, to be like, yeah, that, I do want to think this way. And it, I think that's so powerful. So thank you for that. And like just spreading your love and your, and your mindset. Cause it really, it brings me life and it's awesome. So. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Likewise. Thank you very much, Steph. I appreciate it.
Yeah, of course. And you guys all tag up all his stuff so you guys can all follow him along. Um, go ahead and subscribe, anything, but he's amazing. Thank you so much for all that you do. You're the best. Hey, awesome. Thank you, Steph. Thanks for having me on. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking today. I hope you got some value out of it. I hope you learned something. I hope you laughed. I hope you cried maybe a little bit if it's one of those kind of episodes. I just want to thank you so much for all your love and support and you just tuning in. It really means the world to me. If you would do me an extra solid and whatever platform you're using right now to listen to it, if you just go ahead and subscribe so that way you can always know when a new episode drops for you so you can be in the know. And also if you would just go ahead and leave me a little review, mark that star, whether it be the first star or the fifth star, whatever you're fill in that day and leave me a little review. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much again for all your love and support. Sending you all the love and light your way. Thanks again for tuning in to Just Talking. Have the best day.